0: Godly comfort in perilous times. Praise God. When we talk about comfort, we're talking about peace, we're talking about hope, we're talking about assurance, we're talking about a clear sense of direction at a time like this that the Bible refers to as perilous times. Praise God. You know, It is not a surprising moment for believers because the Bible clearly tells us that in the last days, perilous times shall come. In fact, the Bible goes on to emphasize that many will depart from the faith, and many terrible, fearful things are going to happen. So today I want us to be very careful because we're going to be dealing with some detailed aspects of the last days. But then at the same time, we have to be able to understand the level of comfort and assurance and hope that God gave to us as a church, praise God, so that we don't have to begin to think and look at things from the worldly perspective, or we don't have to be afraid or be troubled or confused like the unbelievers, right? But we ought to have a clear assurance, a clear sense of direction because we serve a living God. Praise the name of the Lord. So let's look at first 2nd uh, Timothy. Sorry, 2nd Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start from there, from verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to begin to read from verse number 1. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Praise God. This is not an assumption, it's not a prophecy that is hanging in the pendulum as to whether it's going to fulfill or not. This is a proclamation of the truth. It is not based on negotiation. It says, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. What are these perilous times? Difficult times. What are the perilous times? Times of trouble, times of pain, praise God. Times of great challenges, times of sickness and affliction. We're talking about pandemic now, praise God. We're talking about political unrest in the world. We're talking about financial confusion everywhere you go. The system is shaking. People are giving up on themselves and they are giving up on their family. They are giving up on hope and they are even giving up on God. Perilous time. A time of complete confusion. Praise God. The Bible says, Perilous times shall come. Verse 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemous, disobedient to parent, unthankful, ungodly, praise God. These are the characteristics of the time. The time wherein men will be covetous, self-centered, lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy. It is not a surprise when people are not grateful. It is not a surprise when we do not appreciate others anymore. It is not a surprise when we see sons turning their bullets on the head of their parents. It is not a surprise when we see leaders who have been elected into position are even fighting against the very same people who elected them. It is not a surprise when well, we see all the wars and the rumors of wars, people have lost conviction, they've lost compassion, there's no sympathy anymore, there's no care for anyone anymore, and it's as if we are living in a jungle, that they said only the fittest will survive. Unthankful, unholy, holiness that is supposed to be to the glory of God is abominable in the sight of nations now. When you talk about holiness, people get angry, they get bitter. Anything that has to do with God, they don't like it, they don't want it, they feel offended. You can go out in the public places, and you can say whatever nonsense, foolishness, or garbage, it will be tolerated, it will be accepted, but if you dare try to tell the truth, or speak the truth, or talk about God, or say anything that is godly, or mention the name of Jesus Christ, You are offending others. Or it is not accepted. We are not religious. Praise God. That is the world in which we are living. Without natural affection. Men don't go in love with women anymore. We see men going after men. Abomination. Women don't go in love with men anymore. They are looking for other women. Abomination. Bestiality homosexuality, lesbianism, all this abominable act, idolatry, idol worship, has become the anthems of our day. Praise God. The Bible says they are without natural affection. Men can, I mean, they have no passion to be good, to be kind, to be nice anymore. In fact, their intention is evil every day and moment of their lives. Trust breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. It is common. Anything that is good is despised. Anything that is true, anything that is right. And it will come to a time where sin will not be acknowledged anymore. Nothing... That, is, that will be called wrong or evil anymore. Because the, the government that we see in our world today is a government that doesn't have any respect or fear for God. Praise God. We see that everywhere in the world. And this is not strange. Let me, let me show you verse 5, and then we, we, we're going we're gonna to deal with some, some very important details to, today. It says traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. You see that there? It says, for of this sort are they which crept into houses and led captive silly women laden with sin, led them away with divers lust. What we see is that the world is being controlled by the prince of this world that is Satan himself. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible called him the God of this world. And there are certain things that you must understand. It may be strange in the eyes of those of you who don't know the word of God. But for a child of God that knows what the scripture says, these are not strange things. Let me tell you something. What you see happening now is just a gist of what's going to happen in the future. Praise God. It's just a minute experience that we're having now. In the next few years, things are going to move from bad to worst. And let me let you know something that some of you may not know. The Bible says, I was teaching on Wednesday and even last Sunday, we make mention of a few things, but I'm going to deal with some details right now. And if you are offended, I don't mind if you get offended or if you feel otherwise. But I'm going to say some deep truth today. There are structures that have been put in place. There are systems that have been put in place. There are governments that have been orchestrated or been working behind the scene against God. A lot of you don't know, don't understand that. During election time, in many countries or in many nations, you begin to wonder. You see these international communities are sending representatives out there to go monitor elections in countries of the world. Now, let me tell you something that you might not understand. You may think that they are doing it because of peace. You may think that all that they are working on is to make sure that the election goes on well, there's tranquility. And there is peace and everything is free and fair. But some of you may be surprised that at the end of the election, the intended candidate that you believe would have won the election, they didn't win the election. It has happened in many countries. And you begin to wonder that the people that the world approved, not the people that the people of that nation approved, but the people that the system, the structure, the world approved, are the ones that win the elections. But some of you don't understand what is going on. Praise God. Let me let you know, there are systems that has been built in, into the world governed system, or the world governance, to prepare for the end time, to prepare for the Antichrist, to prepare for the one world government. The United Nations that we used to know before is not the same United Nations now. The World Health Organization that we used to know before is not the same World Health Organization now. Praise God. The European Union, huh, I'll get to that. I'll say some things about Europe and you'll be surprised. The African Union and all these other unions and, and world organizations that we used to know before are not the same. What we see going on now is that a structure has has been built, a system has been built in preparation for the Antichrist. Praise God. Every one of them are walking towards the one world government. Every one of them are walking towards the one world currency. Praise God. So all the happenings and the activities around are not strange for a child of God that knows the word of God. Let me show you a scripture and then we'll get deeper. Look at Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 5. Psalm 2, I'll be reading from verse number 1 down to verse number 5. Praise God. We're going to deal with this carefully. Psalm 2 verse uh, 1 to verse verse 5. Are we there? It says, why do the heathen rage? They are angry. Satan and his courts, they are beaten. They are angry. They have a plan. They are building a formidable force against the church, against God's people. So why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. You see that there? What does verse 2 say? the kings of the earth the leaders of the earth the nations of the earth the government of the earth the bible says what do they do they set themselves you see that they organize themselves they plan themselves the bible says and the rulers they take counsel how together And the purpose is what? Against the Lord and against his anointed. That is the church. What we see going on presently in the world is that the world has organized itself against God and against the church. Many people don't know and many believers don't know this truth. These are the reasons why government are against churches and government are against God. These are the reasons why institutions are against churches institutions are against God. These are the reasons why when you go to those universities, the very first intention of the professor is to rip up your faith, praise God, and to induce the logic or the, the theory of science into your mind and tell you there is no God. This is why when the government comes into power, they will tell you no prayer, no religion, no this, no that, and everything becomes neutral. Praise God. Take for instance, the United States that we used to know in those days. Praise God. Look at the foundation of their forefathers. That everything has to do with God, in God we trust. God in their anthem, God on their money, everything, but now they keep God out of their institution. They've kicked God out of their, their system. Nothing, in fact, anything that has to do with God, they don't like it, but that which is against God is what they legalized and it's what they've accepted. Same thing in Canada, same thing in Europe, same thing in some part of Africa. As for Asia, don't talk about it, they already they far God long ahead, praise God. Look at verse number two. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Then the Bible says in verse four, he that sitteth in the heaven shall, what? shall laugh. God will laugh in the name of Jesus. And you know when God laughs, that is trouble. Praise God. And pretty soon God will laugh. Laughing at the nations of our world. The Bible says, he that seated in the heaven, Jehovah, Almighty God, shall laugh. Praise God. The Lord shall have them in what? In derision, In confusion. Now, these are the reasons why when you looked at the world, you. If I, let's, let's, let's go to Europe now. Let me tell you when this thing actually started, it was when during the United Nations, they had a meeting and they have all this intention to believe that every religion is one. You know, I think it's about five or seven years ago, they signed that decree, all these religious people all over the world, they had to meet and they have some things they have to sign together. You remember that it was popular, it was online. You know, say, oh, we're all one, everybody is, I mean, it's one. We they talk about pluralism, they talk about neutrality, they talk about all those things. And so, I mean, whether you're a Muslim, you're a Christian, you're a Hindu, you're a Buddhist, or we all serve the same God, or we are one. It's not true. We don't serve the same God, we are not one. Praise God. And then it was not only that the United Nations tolerated or accepted that, you see, the European Union. In fact, let me tell you something. The most, the most dangerous system that you must be afraid of is the European system. Praise God. Now, I studied some aspect of history. I am not giving you my opinion. I am telling you the theory that I learned through history. I am going to explain some aspect of history to you now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not only biblical history, praise God, but I'm talking about world history. Praise God right from the roman empire up till now praise god let me let you know this there are several things that have been revealed or several revelations that the church ought to pay attention to because those revelations are very very important i'll give you about four or five major points that has to do with the history of our world the history of the church that we ought to pay attention to because those things are the problems of our world now, when you look at the history of the world and the history of the church, the very first problem that you can identify is the problem of sin. It's the problem of sin. It is sin that has brought us to this level. Praise God. You know that when man sinned against God from the Garden of Eden, from the beginning, you know. Number two, it is the problem of men. Men. M A N or M E N. Forget about the ladies. A lot of people will blame Eve for what happened. Oh, it was Eve that gave the food to Adam. It was Eve that disobeyed God. Oh, the Bible says it was Eve that was deceived. Yes, but where was Adam? while she was being deceived? Man was not in his place. That is why when Almighty God came after the sinned against him, he was not calling for Eve. He was not calling for Eve. Instead, he was calling for Adam, Adam, where Adam? So the first problem is the problem of what? Sin. The second problem is the problem of man. Now the third problem is the problem of the home. The home. Now, if the home is destroyed, the nation will be destroyed. If the home is destroyed, praise God, the economy will be destroyed. Because everyone that is going out there in any institution, in any government office, in any business, every worker out there is coming from a home. Every child that is born... Is coming from a home. Every lawyer, every doctor, every professor is coming from a home. So if the home is destabilized, the home doesn't have morality, the home is without a standard, the home is ungodly, the home is unsafe, then we're going to breathe forth what? what are we going to breathe out? We're going to breathe out unsafe people, ungodly people. Praise God. Praise God. You know, it is, it is just natural. Thieves are not coming from the sky. They are coming from a home. Wicked people, corrupt people, unbelievers are all coming. Every one of us have a home. You have a place you call home. Praise God. So that is why the Bible in fact says train up a child the way he or she should grow. So that when they are old they will know what? Depart from the truth or the word. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says in the book of Psalm 2 what we have just read from verse 1 to 5. That the kings of the heart set themselves against the Lord. Hallelujah. And is anointed. Now we are looking at the, the fourth point. This is very deep as I said before if you are offended no problem but you go to study history you will discover this this is true this is not discriminatory this is not marginalization this this has nothing to do with racism I'm teaching about biblical history as well as what world history right now now the fourth problem so we say the fourth problem of the world is the world a problem of sin the second problem is what the problem of man the third problem is the problem of the home. Now, the fourth problem, and we're going to break this open. This fourth problem is what I want us to pay attention to because it is going to lead us to the end time. The fourth problem is the problem of westernization. That is the fourth problem of our world. It is the problem of westernization, mainly the European system, put it that way the European system or westernization. I'm going to reveal some things to you. Now, the world was at peace. Not until the Europeans began to fight themselves. Look at church history. I studied church history very well. Very, very well. And I love it. Praise God. When you look at church history, you realize that there was a problem within the church. Why? Because of different belief and structure and system that they put in place in Europe. In Europe. Praise God. We're talking about the problem of westernization now. Now, take note, very, very important. The gospel actually doesn't actually begin in Europe. It actually began where? In the Middle East and in Africa. Read your Bible. The gospel actually started in the Middle East and in Africa. Now, the gospel began to spread up to North Africa, some part of Asia, even before Europe. Now, when the Europeans handled the gospel, take note very deep, they manipulated the gospel. When the Europeans handled the gospel, they corrupt the gospel. When the Europeans handled the gospel, they used the gospel as a means, a tool for slavery manipulation. They took the gospel the gospel, manipulated the gospel, destroyed the fundamentals of the gospel, hide the truth about the gospel, but they still hold the gospel and go to Africa and other places and colonize people with the very same gospel. In fact, yes, 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 by the way, it's the same problem we are having right now in Canada. You remember, the issue that is presently going on right now with the aboriginals, When the Europeans came and they came in and they took advantage of those people, took the line and not only that, abused their children and just, you know, killed them and, you know, and now, instead of people come out and apologize and be sincere, they're politicizing everything. Exactly. So we see the problem... The problem is the European problem. Let me, let me reveal it to you. So they took the gospel also, took it to Africa and other places where the gospel has been before. But they used that to enslave the Africans. Praise God. Used that to enslave other people. Now, it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. The issues of slavery move on to colonization. Oh, we're colonizing you guys. After the colonization, what did they leave for us? Nothing. In fact, they put a structure and a system that you and I, Africans will be fighting against each other. Brothers killing brothers, you know, you, look, look, let me talk, let me see. Listen, I'm talking about history now. We need to know this as a church because these are the things that these people are using that when we come to the church, we fail to speak about it, we fail to educate ourselves, we fail to sensitize ourselves, and then what we do is just speak in tongues and shout hallelujah when they know what they're doing. Now, let me break some things down. Now, they put structures and systems in place that will not benefit the African man. If you go to Africa now, the same colonial structure that the Westerners left during colonial time, after they are the independent, became independent, those structures are still there. The same democracy is still there. The same system of government. Now, democracy will not work well for Africans. I bet you. You know why? Because we have tribes in Africa. We have kingdoms in Africa. We have different cultures in Africa. Now, if you tell me that democracy is what's going to work, of which democracy has to do with majority that carries the vote, one particular tribe is always going to lead. Because they are the majority. So if you say majority carries the vote, then you are telling me it is one particular tribe that will continuously lead us, continuously, even if they are not good enough, they are not okay. You say yes, yes, then you can fight yourself, whatever you want. And listen, these people are always happy. When we run into trouble, and you know what, that's the time they show up. Not to help, but to take away the wealth of the people. I'm not, as I said before, if you get offended, no problem but I'm not preaching about discrimination, I'm not preaching about racism, no, no. I'm talking Bible, we're talking about the end time. Now, it moved on from slavery to colonization, as I said, the gospel was corrupt. It didn't stop there. If I, let me tell you something, I, I'll never forget. I'll never forget, you know. When I first came to Canada, I was surprised. I used to walk in a place when I'm, I, I, think I, I think I told you this story before. This Jamaican guy will always hunt me down. Because he knew I was from Africa. He will wait for me when I'm going for a break time. That's the time the guy will go for a break. And he would be saying all kinds of words against me, cursing me. And I'm like, one day, he could not handle it because I'm a child of God. I don't, I don't fight. I don't strive. So I, whenever he said things, oh, you stupid Africans. You idiots, You this. You that. I want to respond because I, I'm not the only African there. But I realized that this guy, one day he, he was directing his statement and his cursing to me. So he, 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 he kept saying whatever he wanted to say I didn't respond. Finally, he could not handle it. He came in front of me. He faced me. You sold us to the westerners. You're this, you're that, you that. I said, what do you mean? Look at the TV. Look at how Africa looks like. You guys are broke. You guys are poor. You guys are this. You guys are that. You guys are... I was shocked, and I said, where is this coming from? What's the problem? Why are you mad at me? (laughs) You are black and black, what's the problem? And the guy was like, oh, you sold us, you betrayed us, you did that, and Africa is backward, Africa is this. Then I asked him, I said, Africa is where? Where is Africa in the, the map of the world? He could not tell me. I said, tell me again, what do you know about Africa? And he says, Africa is a country that is somewhere in the map, and I said, listen, listen, Africa is not even a country. Africa is a continent. I realized that this guy was bitter, was angry yet ignorant. He thought that Africa is a country. They told him that Africans live on a tree, in the forest, in the bush. You know what I did eventually? God is my witness. I became friend of this guy at the end. You know what I have to do? I had to go home and pick up some tapes some stuff, some Nigerian movies. This is not a joke. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Some Nigerian movies. I even go to the extent I tried to get some worldly music where they show Africa. I'm telling you. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm in the presence of God. I don't hide. I'm, I'm not lying. And I gave it to some of them. These Caribbean guys. No bitter blood for Caribbeans. I love you guys. I mean, I'm just trying to explain some things. And I showed them what Africa looks like. I will never forget one of them came to me and he was apologizing. He said, I'm so, so, so sorry. He said, what we always see on the TV is those African children that are begging. They will show us the villages. They will show us this. I said, well, that is what they indoctrinated you guys to know. That is what they want you to know. But this is not true. There are places in Africa that are much more beautiful than some places... I went to Washington. The very first day I went to Washington, I was shocked. My elder sister took me there. In 2004, 2005. The amount of beggars that I saw around that Washington place, I, was, I couldn't believe. I said, is this the America? He says, "This, that's the White House there. That's the White House. That was when I came down. I was like, come. I said, really? Really? And these people behave as if they say things as if this is heaven on earth. The amount of homeless people that we have in the Western world, we don't have that in Africa. In Africa, when someone tells you, this is my house, it means that they own the land and they own the building. They are not paying mortgage. If somebody said, in Africa, this is my land, this is my car, anything someone tells you that this is mine in Africa, it means that they own it. We don't pay mortgage on anything. We pay cash. Africans are wealthy. There are beautiful places in Africa. Let me announce this to you. That is not part of my topic, but I don't know why God wants me to say it. So, what the Westerners have done, or the Europeans, is to colonize other people, praise God, is to have supremacy over other people, praise God. Not only that, take over the media, sensitize people to whatever they want to sensitize them with. So it doesn't matter what you want to watch, what you want to know, they don't care, all they will show you is what they want to show you. And that is what changed your mindset. They reformed your mindset, they reformed your thinking. These are the reasons why you see black people don't go to America, uh, Africa that much. Because when they show them that Africa is broke, Africa is poor, so even the below- black billionaires or millionaires that are here, they want to go because they are scared. Praise God. I remember I was watching this Senegalese uh, 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 musician. Uh, what's his name? Akon, thank you. And he was trying to educate people about Africa. He said, please go to Africa and enjoy yourself and live peaceable. Praise God. Go to Africa and look for your ancestors. And he was trying to sort of like build them up and encourage them and sensitize them about what is going on in Africa. Praise God. So, what is the problem? Let's, let's see what the problem is. The problem is, take for instance now. I, 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 let me give you one more example then I'll go to what I'm saying. I remember I was trying to minister to one Jamaican guy again. I don't know why the Jamaicans are coming into my mind today. <laughs> let God have his way. Forgive me please if you're Jamaicans. I love you. I deeply, wholeheartedly am in love with you guys. I was talking to a Jamaican guy and I said, Jesus loves you. Oh, Jesus. The guy looked at me. He waited for me to have talked and talked and talked and said, listen to me don't bring me your white Jesus or your white God. I was like, what do you mean? Which Jesus are you talking about? Which white Jesus? And I'm like, no, no, this is not about white. No, I didn't mention that. Forget about racism. Don't go there. I'm talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As soon as I said, of Nazareth, he said, where's Nazareth? Praise God. Where's Nazareth? Is it in Europe? Praise God. So, I said, no, it's in the Middle East. And okay, he said, fine, if Nazareth is in the Middle East, so where is Jesus from? He said, Jesus is from the Middle East, because I know my Bible. So what Jesus are you preaching about now? I said, I'm preaching about Jesus Christ. It's okay, now I can listen to you. Praise God. And these are the reasons why you see most of our black brothers now are getting converted, not to Christianity, but against Christianity into Islam and other religions. Why? Because they are bitter against the Western civilization. On the Western system, what they call Western civilization is actually not civilization. It's a form of indoctrination and manipulation. And I'll show you. I'll show you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll show you. So it moves to they move to Africa with colonization and slavery and all that corrupting the Word of God. Not only that, they migrate to America and other places. Praise God. They migrate to where America. The Indians were in America, am I right? The aboriginals were here also, in Australia. The black people and the the aboriginals there, right? So when these Europeans move now with the gospel, they move with the gospel, and also, it was the corrupt gospel that they used to manipulate these people, attack these people, take hold of their land, and take advantage of these people. That's right. (laughs) Amen. Now, when you look at what has happened from that point up to this point, now look at the European Union, what is going on. Do you know that the European Union is what dictates the affairs of the world, not the United Nations? Yes. Look at the G7. Before it was how many? G20, right? And then down to what? G7. If you read the book of Daniel, it talks about the end time. It talks about the Roman Empire. It talks about the great nations. That is why when we read Psalm 2, it talks about the, uh, the, 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 the council, the guardian of the government and the kings of the earth against the Lord and his anointed. Praise God. That is the church. Praise God. Now, what are they working towards? They are working right now. Right now, what is on is the 666 project. Do you think that this corona is a surprise? This corona is not a surprise. This corona is not a mysterious incident that happened. That is why they told, oh, we went to China to investigate, but we didn't come with any any tangible answer. Why? They know what they are doing. The powers that are are in existence, they know what they are doing. Now, the European Union, the G7 or the G20, to the United Nations, the EU, and the, 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 the WHO, and all of that, are working in preparation. They are working together in preparation for the Antichrist. Praise God. But the center of it all is Europe. We know about Israel that Israel is the target because they are also the covenant children of God. But the center of it all, all this manipulation or the design, the structure is between Europe and America. But who is behind it? It is the system, the spirit, the formation from Europe, the European civilization, they call it. Praise God. I will say it is the European manipulation. Now, take note, let me educate you a little bit. These are the reasons why. Take note now. If you read your Bible carefully, you discover that the Antichrist is already alive. He's somewhere right now as I'm speaking. The Antichrist, we're not waiting for the Antichrist to be born. No, these are the last days. The guy is alive, he's somewhere. But where is it going to come from? Where is the Antichrist going to come from? Is it from Africa? No. Is it from Asia? No. Is it from Australia? No. Is it from the Middle East? No. Read your Bible. The Antichrist is going to come from Europe. It's going to come from Europe. So what do we see? We see that this force, this power, this manipulation that has begun from the onset that is called European manipulation or they call it civilization that moves from nations to nations to conquer nations to nations, colonize nations to nations, manipulate, take hold of people, enslave people, take hold of their wealth and all. These very same Europeans are the same people we call Americans now. These same Europeans are the people we call Canadians now. Because they're all coming from Europe. These same Europeans are the Australians now. These same Europeans are the people who have been moving all over the world, conquering to conquer. Now at the end of which, there's going to be a leader that will come forth to lead the world. And it's going to be a European. The Antichrist. I bet you we're not going to be around when that's going to happen. I wish I had enough time. I would have given you some biblical details about the Antichrist. I'm not saying things that I don't know. I'm saying things that are biblical, things that are true. If you read b- b- biblical uh, theology and you read some, some, some issues that has to do with the end times, you know that he's going to be, he, in fact, he's, he's going to take off. Let me tell you where he's going to take off. Not from the United Nations. He's going to take off from the European Union. From the European Union. This G7. They are the ones paving the way right now. He's going to be in charge. These are the reasons why as believers we must be sensitive, we must be careful, we must, we must pay attention to what is going on, not just in the church, but in our world. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalm 2 that the kings of the earth, they've set themselves against the Lord and his what? His anointed, the church. They have an agenda against God. They have an agenda against God's people. They have an agenda against humanity. They have an agenda against the will of God. You know, they have a form of godliness but the Bible says they deny the power thereof. There's a particular religion. Let me tell you now. There's a particular religion that proclaims themselves as Christian but they are not. They are deep occultism. They have the highest level of occultism. And they have a leader that the whole world recognized. He has a voice. But they proclaim themselves as Christians. But they are not true Christians when you read the Bible. Praise God. Now, this is why the church is under pressure. The church is going to face a whole lot of confrontation. When the Antichrist is going to show up, the Bible says the church, that is us, the body of Christ, would have been raptured, would have been taken away, would have been cut up, according to the book of Thessalonians. Praise God. Hallelujah. But what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The powers that are going to come into manifestation at that time will be the powers of the Antichrist, occultic powers, satanic powers, demonic powers, witchcraft powers. Praise God. And let me tell you something. The Christians that are going to be left behind or those who are going to believe in Jesus after we would have gone through the rapture, the ones that are going to be left behind, including the the, the Israelites, they are going to suffer persecution. In fact, persecution already started. Praise God. But you know one thing about persecution? Persecution is a blessing. Persecution is a refiner. Persecution also is a revealer. It reveals your strength, your level of commitment and consecration to God. Look at what Jesus says in the book of Mark chapter 10. Let's look at that quickly. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, 29 to 30. Mark chapter 10. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Mark chapter 10, 29 to 30. Hallelujah. Mark 10, what does it say 29 to 30 hallelujah mark chapter 10 are we there it says and jesus answered and said verily i say unto you there is no man that has left house and or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel, but take note now he shall receive an hundredfold Take note. You shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. You see that there? Houses in this time. Brethren in this time. Sisters in this time. Mothers in this time. Children in this time. Lions in this time. With what? Persecution. So, persecution is part of the blessing. You understand me? Let me tell you why persecution is the blessing. Because when you've been persecuted for Christ's sake, you're going to be rewarded the more in heaven. For Christ's sake also. Praise God. So persecution is like a refiner. Persecution is like an empowerment. Persecution is a revealer to show the strength of your faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says you will receive persecution and in the world to come, eternal life. You see that there? You receive persecution now, but in the world to come, what are you going to receive? Eternal life. So even though you will be persecuted now, you will receive eternal life tomorrow. I mean, you will you enjoy eternal life because already you receive the eternal life now, so that eternal life continue forever unto eternity. Now, the point that I want you to understand again is this, that the devil is not ignorant. Inasmuch as God has his people on earth, Satan also has his own people on earth. They are everywhere. They belong to some occultic group. Some of them belong to Freemasonry. Some of them belong to witchcraft projects or group. Some of them belong to some secret societies. You know the different names, like the Illuminati that is popular now. All these different, different, different groups, satanic groups, witchcraft groups, occult groups, everywhere you see all over the world, these groups are not fools. They are not ignorant. They have a leader. Satan builds them. As much as God is building the church, Satan is building them. These are the reasons why, listen now, they also win souls for the devil. They work together. These are the reasons why if you have a job now or if you are looking for a job, you apply for a job and someone that belongs to a secret society apply for that same job, when you go there for the interview you go there with them, he will just give a sign and before you know, the person got the job and they kick you out. They begin to wonder why. They look out for each other. They support each other. They are everywhere. They are in the universities. They are in the media, within all those big, huge media empire in the world. They are out there. All these big news names all over the world. That is why, listen to this now. They will only tell you what they want to tell you. They will only bring on the news what they want to show you. They are everywhere in Hollywood. They are there. And that is why they are showing you all the movies that they want to show you what are the movies that they show now if it is not a man and another man kissing each other you see another woman kissing each other and not only that you will see you see witchcraft you see vampire occultism look at the recent movie that are coming out they are not educated they're not helping our children they're not helping our society If it is not violence, it is witchcraft. If it is not witchcraft, it is underworld. If it is not underworld, it is satanic. So what they are doing, they are positioning all these people in every area, all this aspect of life. So that they will educate people, they will build up people that will be part of their group. So you know what they are waiting for? They are only waiting for one thing now, for the rapture to take place. Even satan is waiting for one thing. You'll be shocked the day the rapture happened to take place and you and I disappear from this earth. Those that will be left behind, they'll be surprised. They'll be shocked to see the mysteries of abomination. Because at that time, it is going to be the Antichrist that is going to be the leader of the world. You remember, that is the time you're going to have the one-world government. That's the time you're going to have the mark of the B666. You cannot buy, you cannot sell without the mark. Am I making sense to you this morning? So as Christians, we must be vigilant. We must be alert. Praise God. Why? Because the world is against God and the world is against the church. They are everywhere. Throughout all walks of life. Don't say, oh no, they are not at my places of work. They are there. In fact, I used to tell you there are some demons that are now manifesting themselves as human beings. If you look at those people are like people who, who will not they, they don't have a steady eye, their eyes does not stay. Like the way I'm looking at you right now, they have this kind of eye that move, you know. And if you're a child of God, they cannot look at you eyeball to eyeball. Why? Because greater is He that is in you than him that is in the world. You begin to wonder why some people just hate you for no just cause. This guy just hates me. Maybe he's one of them. Demons that manifest himself as human. Is that not what the Bible says, that Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light? Can you imagine that? But as believers, God wants us to be very, very responsible. God wants us to be careful. God wants us to pay attention. God wants us to to be very observant. The Bible says we must be sober. We must be vigilant. Why? Because the adversary, the Bible calls him, the devil, he had calmed down. He's here. He's right here to manipulate. In Revelation, the Bible says he had a great wrath, and he had come down because he knew that he had but a short time. But the Bible says we must be vigilant because this devil is coming like a roaring lion looking for someone to what? To devour. He's not coming to make friends. Satan is not coming to make friends. He's not coming to entertain you. He wants you to give him access. The moment you accommodate him, he have access. You remember what we learned on Wednesday and last week? He's to take you captive as a slave, take you captive in sickness or disease, take you captive in a bondage, take you captive and he's taking you straight down to hell. He doesn't let go of his prisoners. Bible says the last days, perilous time shall come. Go back to the text. Men shall be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, trust breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers of those that are good. Anything that is good, they don't like. Anything that is godly is offensive. Traitors, heady, high-minded. That's what we're seeing in our world today. People don't care about others. No sympathy, no love, no honesty, no integrity anymore. I don't care about you as long as I have what I want. Self-centeredness, selfishness, heady. They think they know better than others. High-minded. Don't tell me what to do. I know whatever. You know, listen, I pity the youths, the younger ones, the young generation. Because they are teaching them to be, listen, in fact, before, let me, t- let me say this, what they've done, they've snatched away the innocence of, of them, praise God, they deprived them of the chance to, to, to grow, and now they, they, they are indoctrinating them with so much stuff, oh, there's no God, can you imagine, in school now they are teaching kids to, to, to believe that there's no God. At a very young age, primary school, elementary school. At a university, you are forced to take certain classes. Even if you don't want to. They say, oh, that's part of it. Oh, yes. I remember when I was going to Tyndale, right? They had this, this theory that they have, because that's not a Bible. It's a theory for me. And they were like, no, you must do this course. that's a requirement. I'm like, from this school or from where? They said it's a government requirement. And they, they were teaching about evolution. The lecturer was actually teaching about evolution. That the, the earth was not created by God and all these things. So what they are trying to do is to reform your mind. Trust some things and change things against God. Everything against God. But there are certain things that we ought to do as believers. We must not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We must be sober. We must be Discipline. We must be alert. Pay attention to what is going on. It is not just the devil. It is the system they are putting in place. It is the structures they are putting in place. And let me tell you, this vaccine thing that you think is a joke, it's just a matter of time. Just wait, wait, wait. By the time we finish 2021, heading to 2022, they will tell you the variant has already increased. And it has caused problem. And now they're going to force people to, not just to take vaccine, but to go to do things that you ought not to do with your body, which is the temple of God as a child of God. Now, what are our responsibilities as believers? The very first thing that we ought to do as believers, as I said, is number one, we must be sober, we must be vigilant. The Bible says in 1st Peter chapter 5, verse 8 that we must be sober, we must be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, is like a royal lion seeking for someone to devour. To devour means to destroy, to damage. So the devil's plan, according to St. John ten ten, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the very first thing you must pay attention to is to yourself. Be sober, be vigilant. Don't take anything for granted. Don't just swallow anything, hook like a sinker. Don't say, oh, no, that's the system, that's how it works, that's how it works. And let me again say this. You know what's gonna, you know what's gonna, what's, what's gonna shock you now? Pretty soon the economy of the world is gonna collapse. Listen and listen very well. Pretty soon the economy, the financial system is gonna, when I say collapse, I mean complete collapse. So they know now you can still buy and sell. They know now you can still move around, but they are putting a structure in place. So that is why you see the money is going to all those major companies right now. They are the ones collecting all your money. They are the ones that are doing more business. So you, the ordinary man, your business is closed already. You are stranded. The government will give you chicken change to say, okay, we're going to support your business, that this, that, 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 that. But everything has already been structured. They are trying to squeeze the economy into a particular venue. They are squeezing everything, squeezing everything. That is why, if you look, if you know the amount of billions of dollars that a particular company has made, those online companies, social media companies, the news media companies, there are some big billions on billions of, of, uh, 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 of businesses that are, they are the ones that are gathering, you know what they are doing? They are sucking everything, sucking everything. It's like they are squeezing everyone into their box. And pretty soon as soon as the economy collapsed bam then they tell you no you cannot buy you cannot sell without this condition just like what the scripture says you will not be able to buy you will not be able to sell without what the mark of the beast 666. so you must be sober we kept preaching perilous times shall come things are gonna be hard the world is changing this and that people don't pay attention they don't listen and those who even Manage to listen, they don't believe, but now you see the manifestation. Praise God. Now it will get to a point when if you don't have the vaccine, you will not travel at all. And you cannot contend with that because they tell, well, this is our own laws, this is our company, this is our business, and this is how we go. What are you gonna do? Praise God. So The very first thing, you must be sober, you must be vigilant. The second thing you should do is to contend for your faith. To contend means to fight for it. Jude verse 3, let's see what the Bible says in Jude verse 3. You must contend for the faith. It says, beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you, of the common salvation, that is your, your salvation now, anything that has to do with your relationship with God, it says it was needful for me to write unto you and exalt you that ye should what honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Honestly. Anything that wants to rip off your faith, fight against him. Anything that wants to pollute your faith, fight contend with them. Praise God. Anything that wants to despise the God that you serve, despise that thing. Anything that is offensive to your consecration, be offensive also to that thing. Contend for your faith. Fight for your faith. And let me tell you, all of these things are not directed to just nations. They, they know they, they already have the nations in captivity. The target is the Christians. They're the target. We are the target. The believers. The body of Christ. So the Bible says we must honestly contend for the faith. We cannot tolerate A. We cannot accept B or C. Because this is what the word of God says. We believe the word. We depend on the word. And we are living in accordance with the word of God. If you want to kill me, you can kill me. Let me die, but I will not follow your construct. I will not follow your pattern. I will not follow your system. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, as believers, we must be prepared. That is why we talk about godly comfort. In perilous times. Hallelujah. You must what? contend for the faith. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three, you must fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12, the Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, are we there? Verse 12, it says fight the good fight of faith. Not just any fight. Don't lose your energy and, and your punches. It says fight the good fight. What is that good fight? It's the good fight against sin. What is the good fight? The good fight is the fight against ungodliness, unrighteousness. What is the good fight? It's the good fight to live a holy life. What is the good fight? It's the good fight to obey the word of God. What is the good fight? Is the good fight to please God? What is the good fight? Is the fight against worldliness? What is the good fight? Is the fight not to be unequally with unbelievers? That is the good fight. Praise God. But it didn't just say you should fight. He didn't stop there. Well, what does he say? He said, fight the good fight of faith. And he says what? Lay hold on eternal life. I lay hold on this eternal life. I will not let go of what the Lord has given me. I will contend to the very end. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. You say, but pastor, I've been praying and I've been trusting God for a miracle. You might not have the miracle again, but lay hold on eternal life. I've been trusting God for a wife or for a husband. You might not have the wife, but lay hold on eternal life. Well, Pastor, I wanted to build a house before the Lord comes. Well, it might not be that you are going to build a house before the Lord comes. Lay hold on eternal life. Pastor, my dream, my vision is to travel. Travel to where? Lay hold on eternal life i'm trying to build my career i'm trying to build my reputation yes but if jesus is going to come now what are you going to do lay hold on eternal life you may be ostracized from your community or your family members they may hate you, you may be persecuted, they may call you names, they may kick you out of university, or they may put you in jail, they will beat you, bruise you, and they will curse you, or they might even want to crucify you, nail you at the cross like the Lord experienced that crucifixion, lay hold on eternal life. They may stop you from going out, they may close the door behind you, they may kick you out of your location, or they may imprison you, they may do all sorts of things, let them do whatever they want to do, but lay hold on eternal life. Do you know that there will come a time when Christians are not just, it's not just mere persecution, but we will be hunted down for death? Yes! Read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith. It's not those oh, who, who make the blind to see, oh, those who cause, they cause the, the death to hear or the lame to walk. No! Look at the uh, the book of Hebrews 11. The heroes of faith are men and women who were ready to put their life on the edge at the expense of any other thing as long as they obey God's word. There are men and women who were ready to fight till the very end. It doesn't matter what the world will say. So the Bible says, fight a good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Oh pastor, I may not have what it takes, but I will fight a good fight. Hallelujah. Fight In the morning, fight in the daytime, fight in the nighttime. And those of you who are believers, you are in those government institutions, fight for the faith, fight for the believers. Those of you who are working with the systems, international communities, and organizations, fight a good fight. Those of you who are in those villages and those cities, and you are a child of God, fight a good fight, 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 fight a good fight. Lay hold. On eternal life. Oh, don't 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 you try it. We don't want to hear you talk about your Jesus here. Speak about that Jesus that you know. If they want to kill you, let them kill you. Fight. Fight a good fight. Number four. Number four. We must impact the world. We must impact the world. Impact the world. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. He's talking about fruitfulness. Hallelujah. It's talking about you being productive. Let your light so shine. So what is the light that will shine? Your character is the light. The light of Christ that is in you. The fruit of the spirit. You demonstrate love, meekness, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly love. Everything that the scripture says in accordance with God's word. Make sure you live the life that is an exemplary kind of life. The life that is glorifying unto God. The life that pleases God. Let your light shine before men. And the Bible says that they may see your what? Your good works. And it didn't stop there. What's going to happen? God will take glory. He says, and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So listen now. You have an opportunity to give God glory through your life. Want me to say it again? Use your life as the opportunity or an opportunity to, for God to take glory. In other words, let your life become the, 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 the treasure wherein God will always be glorified. When they see, they say, wow, God is wonderful. Thank God for this man. Thank God this guy is saved. Praise God. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In every area you find yourself or sphere you have an opportunity, you must influence others. Listen, the influence I'm talking about is not just to sit at your office and say, oh, I'm a child of God. Everybody knows that I'm a child of God so I don't want to get involved. No. Listen and listen well. Get involved. Go into politics and change the narratives. Get involved. Go into the government offices. Listen, that is what they are doing. Satan and his court, they are entering into the government, entering into the system, and they are changing the laws. They are making the laws for themselves. So we must go into those systems also and say, no, no, no. We must go into those systems also and make sure the word of God is being what? Implemented. The word of God should become the laws of the land. Praise God. So, how do we do this? We don't just fold our hands and our feet and say, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, the Bible says come from among them and be you separate. Nobody but the ones making the laws. So, if you are part of those that will make the law, you will make a godly law. Praise God. If you are part of those that, 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 that are leading an institution, you will be able to lead them in a godly way. And how do you do this? You do this by speaking. Not just living the life, but speak. We should learn to communicate. We should learn to tell the world. We should learn to preach the word. We should learn to like, encourage others. We should learn to warn others. We should learn to guide others. We should learn to instruct others. We should learn to speak. Let them know the danger, the pending danger that is going to come upon the world. A lot of people don't know what is about to happen. But since we know, we have to tell them. That is why I'm preaching about this today. We have to tell the world what is going to happen so that the world will know and understand. Because a lot of people are ignorant of what is about to happen. They're just following the system. Following the structure of, oh, they say we should do this. Everybody, they go like this. You know? The other day, they say, let's dance this way. They go again. They dance like this. Nobody will say, no, 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 no. Don't be pushing us back and forth as if we, we, we've lost our, our bearings. No, no, no. We know what ought to be done at a time like this. Praise God. So as believers, we must pay attention to the will of God, the word of God, and we must make sure that we contend for the faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now what are the assurances that we have? What are the comforts that we have as believers in these perilous times in which we're living in? What are the things that we should be looking onto? What are the hope? What is our faith? What are we going to rest our faith on? Number one, believe God at his word because when you believe God at his word, you will see the fulfillment of God's word. Praise God. Hallelujah. And So number one, it's supposed to be divine assurance divine assurance Believe god at his word so number one divine assurance praise god i know in the midst of this perilous time god will not lie god will not fail the bible says in psalm 19 verse 21 it says the counsel of the lord that shall stand so no matter what the world is doing no matter who's saying who what No matter what the government wants to do or the system that has been built against the church or against us as believers, we should always stand and believe God, take him at his word, and depend on divine assurance of God. The Bible says, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. The Bible says, many are the devices of a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. It doesn't matter what the antichrist which is a wizard the forces of darkness are planning and doing now i am not afraid and i'm not troubled. why because the counsel of the lord that shall stand Satan, you will break my head you will turn to the left turn to the right you will shake whatever you want to shake but the counsel of the lord that shall stand oh they say the economy has collapsed oh there is no money in the bank oh there is no food here and there the counsel of the Lord that shall stand oh it's so scary oh everybody's confused you are not going to be confused why? because you know the counsel of the Lord what the word of the Lord says stand the Bible says the counsel of the Lord that shall stand Psalm 19 sorry Proverbs 19 verse 21 hallelujah number two so we see divine assurance number one number two divine assistance in the midst of these perilous times, you and I are going to have divine assistance from the Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. We're going to have divine assistance. So we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be troubled at all, at all, at all. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Hallelujah. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. We're almost there. Don't worry. 2 Corinthians, I'll be there, chapter 2, verse 14. What does it say? It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to what? To triumph in Christ. You see that there? That is the word. That is the assistance that we have. Hallelujah. We talked about assurance now we're talking about assistance. Thanks be to God which always, always, what is always? Always is always. In the night time, in the daytime, when you have personal issues, health issues, financial issues, spiritual issues, the Bible says God will cause us to what? To triumph in Christ. You will triumph in Jesus' name. Are you in Christ? Yes. Are you a child of God? Yes. Are you washed with the blood? Yes. Are you saved, baptized, delivered? Yes. Are you sanctified your Holy Ghost filled? Yes. Then the Bible says that God is going to cause you to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. You will triumph in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what the world will do you are going to triumph hallelujah so we see divine assistance number one number two uh, number one divine assurance number two divine assistance number three divine preservation divine sp- preservation divine preservation or you may say divine sustenance Nehemiah chapter 9 19 to 21 Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 19 to 21 thank you Jesus Nehemiah chapter 9. Hallelujah. Are we there? Nehemiah chapter 9. 19 to 21. Thank you, Lord. Holabrakateshe bleosia. Nehemiah chapter 9. Are we there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does it say? It says, Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsooketh them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night, to show them what? Light and the way wherewith they should go. Praise God. What a faithful God we serve. Look at verse number 20. Praise the name of the Lord. What does it say? I love this. I love this. Thou givest also thy good spirit to instruct them and withheldest not thy manner from their mouth. So it did not just lead them with fire and cloud, he gave them his good spirit, hallelujah, that instructed them. And he gave them manna, praise God. He fed them. And gave us them water for their thirst. So he gave them protection. He gave them a what? Direction, instruction. And then he gave them food. But you, 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 I mean, listen, you're not going to enjoy all of this. That, 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 you go to 21, see 21, what does it say? You're going to enjoy this now. What does it say? Can we read that together? Yay, 40 years, do you know what that means? When somebody they say this guy is 40 years, God, this guy is old. He's an under So 40 years, can you imagine? not 40 months, not 40 days, not 40 weeks. 40 years. Hallelujah. Did God sustain them in what in the wilderness? 40 years God sustained His people in the wilderness. I want to announce to you, God will sustain you during perilous times. It doesn't matter what is gonna happen in the world, God will sustain you in America, in Canada, in Sierra Leone, in Nigeria, in Congo, in, in, in Europe, in Australia, in Africa, in, in the Middle East, in the Caribbean, wheresoever you find yourself, God is the sustainer. He will sustain you. He sustained his people 40 years in the midst of the wilderness. 40 good years. Yeah, 40 years did thou sustain them in the wilderness. He didn't stop there. He says, look at this. I love it. He says, so that they lack nothing. You will lack nothing in Jesus' name. They said, there's not enough money. You will lack nothing. They will say, it's not going to work for you. It will work. They will say, oh, no, we don't know how we're going to do this. You will know what to do in Jesus' name. He says, 40 good years, they lack nothing. They were sustained, they were provided for, they have water, they have fire protection, they have a, a, a cloud. Not only that, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord gave them instruction, they, they have direction. And now the Bible says, 40 years, they were sustained. But it didn't stop there. It's getting better and sweeter. The Bible says, so that they lack nothing, you will lack nothing. He said, Their cloth works not old, and their feet swear not. I No, 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 no. Naturally, if you are walking for two, three days, you, you are going to have problem. In the wilderness? Ah! But the Bible says, Their feet, they are so brotastic there. Listen, even the clothing that they were wearing, their clothes, the Bible says, works not old. How long are you going to wear one shirt? Or one pant? Imagine you're wearing one pant for one year. It will be fading away. But forty years, the Bible says, listen now, brando no now pay attention. God did not only take care of them, he also took care of their clothing. Even their clothing. Their property, their belonging. The Bible says they were healthy. Their feet, they swore not. Praise God. So there was no swelling. The Bible says their feet swelled not. So I have arthritis. Oh, there was back pain. Oh, there was knee pain. Oh, my ankle break. No, nothing like that happened to them. 40 years. I pray God will sustain you in Jesus' name. Let the devil do whatever he wants to do but God will sustain us in the midst of perilous times in Jesus' name. So there's divine what assurance there's divine assistance there's divine preservation there's also divine protection 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 I love this Psalm 105 verse 14 to 16 some 105 14 to 16 lembra double Psalm 105 thank you Jesus 14 to 16 105 are we there 14 to 16 what does it say he suffered no man to do them wrong. (laughs) Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes. Psalm 2 says the kings of the earth they gathered themselves against the Lord and his anointed. Now look at what's going to happen. God is going to reprove kings for our sakes. Praise God. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Hold that. That is your anchor during these perilous times. Lord, You suffer no man to do them wrong. No one will do me wrong. Lord, you suffer no man to do them wrong. No one will do my children wrong. No one will do my husband wrong. No one will do my brother wrong. No one will do my sister wrong. No one will do my business wrong. No one will do my wife wrong. No one will do my church wrong. He suffered no man. He suffered no man. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Perilous times shall come. Whatever is going to happen will happen. But the Bible says he suffered no one to do you wrong. You will be protected in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love St. John chapter 10 verse 28. Please bear with me. St. John chapter 10 verse 28. St. John 10 verse 28. 10 28. He it says, it says, look at this. I love this. He says, I give unto them eternal life. I give unto them, Jesus is speaking, I give unto them eternal life. Praise God. And they shall never perish. You will never perish. I say you will never perish. Satan will not cause you to perish. Demons will not cause you to perish. The world and the system will not cause you to perish. This is the comfort that you have in perilous times. They shall never perish. He didn't stop there. He said, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You will not be lost. You will not be missing. You will not be lost you will not be missing nobody will block you you see the way brother michael is grabbing gabby right now that is how god grabs you you shall never lose you shall never be missing nothing missing shalom nothing broken the bible says no one will be able to plug you out of the hand of the lord so don't 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 like believe oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen oh no, no let them do the persecution they want to do let them if they want to take the whole world, let them do whatever they're doing but you know for sure you will suffer no one to do you wrong number one number two the bible says no one will pluck you out of the hand of jehovah in the name of the lord jesus christ You can see Psalm 91 verse 7, just write that down. Isaiah 54 verse 17, write that down. So there is divine protection and there is going to be a divine turnaround. A divine turnaround. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when I talk about divine turnaround, it reminds me about Joseph. The Bible says whatever the brothers wanted to do or they did against him, God turned it for their own good. In the book of Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, it is there that it was turned for their good. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 28, the Bible says, everything worked together for the good. For the good to them that love God. Are you one of those that love God? Are you one of those who are called by the purpose and by his name? Everything will turn for your good in Jesus' name. As we pray this morning, I want us... Meditate on the faithfulness of God, meditate on the goodness of God. The Bible says, in fact, in 1 John chapter 4, chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whosoever, are you born of God? Are you born of God? The Bible says, it didn't say will overcome, it says, overcoming permanently, continuously, we're going to live as an overcome. We ought to leave us overcomer, and so we're going to leave us an overcomer. It doesn't matter the times and the season. in the midst of the perilous times, you will be comforted because you have overcome the world because you are born of God. Hallelujah, You are born of God. You are born of God. Don't to your neighbor say, "I am born of God." One more time say, "I am born of God." Finally, St John chapter 16 verse 33, St John 16:33. Shabrabo 1633. Hallelujah. He says, these things. 1633. I have spoken unto you. You see that? Jesus is saying, I have spoken all these things to you that in me you might have peace. Thank you, Lord. I'm not troubled. Don't you anybody say I am not troubled? Say I am not confused. I'm not I'm not in fear. He says, In the world ye shall have what? Tribulation. So we are informed already. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be hard times, perilous times, tribulation. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But he says something that is hopeful. <laughs> he said, But be of what? Good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Jesus says, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world of good cheer. I have, listen, don't be discouraged or disheartened or confused. Oh, Lord, what's going to happen in the world? We don't know. No. The Bible says be of good cheer, For I have overcome. Jesus has overcome death. He has overcome sickness. He has overcome nations. He has overcome kings. He has overcome powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, demons, and even Satan himself. He has overcome. He conquered them. He beat them hands down. At the cross of Calvary, he made a public show of them. So the Bible says, be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I have overcome. And if Jesus has overcome, that is why the Bible says, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. We are the overcomers. We are overcomers. Are you a child of God this morning? You are an overcomer. Don't be afraid. Don't be traumatized. Don't be confused. Don't be restless. Don't give up. Oh, oh, don't begin to worry. to so what to do, what not to do? You are born of God. You have overcome the world. The Bible says, be of good cheers Why? Jesus says, I have overcome. Stop crying. Brace yourself and live in victory. Stop crying. Keep the faith and the assurance of the Lord and walk in the peace of God. Be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. Or they said there is war or there's trouble. Be of good cheers. In the midst of the coronavirus, be of good cheers. Or the doctors are saying A, B, O, Z, be of good cheers. Why? I have overcome the world. Are you born again? Are you a child of God? Because all of this that we've said, the advantage is on your side if Jesus is in your life. The security is for you. If you are born again, you'll be safe. You are only going to overcome the world if you are born of God. Are you a child of God? If you're not a child of God, I want to pray with you right now. Beloved, I want to encourage you this morning. It doesn't matter the time and the season, God is faithful to what promise. He will keep you. He says, no one will pluck you out of his hand. No one. That person has not yet been born and he or she will never be born. It doesn't exist. Can we pray this morning? Can you run to God? Can you run to Jesus? You have never given your life to Him and said, Today I have had the word. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and the heavy laden, for I will give you rest. Or maybe you're a backslider. You've been straying away. You can run back home and say, Daddy, Lord, I'm coming home. Like the prodigal son. I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you right now. So that you'll be able to sing, It is well. It is well. With my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well, with my soul, one more time, it is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul. Oh, it is well, it is well with my soul. Beloved, it will be well with your soul when Jesus is there. Can we pray right now? Say, there Lord Jesus, I come before you. I repent of all my sins. Have mercy upon me. Pardon me. Forgive me. I have sinned against you. Lord, I am wrong. But I'm running to you. I am humble enough to say I am sorry. Forgive me, Lord, for all that I have done. Have mercy upon me for the life that I have lived. Forgive me for all my sins. There, Lord Jesus, Come into my heart be my lord my savior i confess you as my lord i believe you died for me you were in the grave on the third day you rose from the dead then lord oh jesus write my name in the lamb's book of life thank you for saving me in jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Beloved, if you pray that prayer, God richly bless you. You are saved. Look for a Bible-believing church. Continue to walk in line with God's word and do that which pleases God. And grow in grace and in the knowledge of God's word. Let me pray for you, those of you who are believers. I want us to pray together. Father, we thank you for the life of that brother. Thank you for that family, that man, that woman. Thank you for that individual that is saying, Lord, restore me. Lord, have mercy. Lord, revive. Lord, comfort me. Lord, I have lost my faith. I have lost my, my hope. But God, restore the joy of my salvation. Strengthen my faith, oh God. Empower me to live the life that is going to glo- glorify you. I want to, I, want, I want to please you, Lord. Father, I lift every man. I lift every woman up to you. I pray for strength. I pray for courage. I pray that the bondage of sin be broken in Jesus' name the pleasures of this life, the desire of the world, be broken, be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for comfort. I pray for for wisdom. I pray for grace. I pray for strength in the life of your sons and your daughters. You help every man, help every woman, help every child out there so that they will live this life to glorify you. Your word says we should run boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain strength and grace and comfort in time of need. Father, we are desperately in need. Comfort us, oh God. Revive us, oh God. Bring us back, oh God, to our first love. Father, empower us, oh God, empower us so that Lord, we will triumph in the name of Jesus jesus we cover our spirit we cover our mind, we cover our heart we cover our soul with the blood of jesus we cover our families our husbands our wives our children father our 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 our, our businesses law our career every area of our lives we cover with the blood of jesus help us oh god strengthen us oh god guide us oh god give us a single eye to look unto you the author and the finisher of our faith Father, the endurance, the comfort that we will need bestowed upon us in the name of Jesus. We rebuke resist the devour. Every foul spirit will nullify your oppression. But God Almighty, we release your grace, your glory, your presence, your anointing, your favor. Oh God, that your word continue to permeate every aspect of our lives in the name of Jesus. That Father, we will not be afraid of the word. We will not accommodate the world system, but our God, we will contend for the faith, we will endure till the end, and God will live a life that glorifies you in Jesus' name. Enable us to be worthy, to be presented without spot, without fault, that on that day when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, we will be among the numbers of those that will be changed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. As we anticipate for your coming, we are assured, we are confident that it's going to happen in a a moment. At any time from now, we pray, Lord, the grace to endure will be our portion in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen mm it-